Week one is in the books. Welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. A scary week one, but your Nittany Lions are 1-0 going into the season. 1-0 is all that matters right now. We're going to break everything down. We've got offense, defense, special teams. We're going to talk the good, the bad, the ugly. Let's get it. Happy Labor Day. It is September 3rd. Pat, it was a scary one. Um, what, what, first opinions. What, what do you got for me? Um, so you, you've adopted kind of a want to know is all that matters mentality. I disagree. <laughs> one of us has to be the positive one. Yeah. I mean, realistically, yes. Like long term, yes, want to know is all that matters. No one's going to be. We're not going to not make the college football playoff because we barely beat Appalachian State. But... Just looking at the sort of larger picture of what it took to beat Appalachian State matters a lot to me. Yeah, and I, I think I'm, I'm being optimistic for the sake of being optimistic because I, you want to you want to have something to be happy about, and it's a win. It's not a pretty win. It's it's an ugly win, and, and we'll talk through it all. Like I said in the intro, we're going to go through offense, defense, special teams, and for, for each of those phases, we'll talk good bad and the ugly. I kind of wanted to do this one chronologically, but there's just so much to talk about. So I think this is a better way to break it down. Um, let's just jump right into it. Down? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So let's start with the offense. Um, starting with the good for me, it's, it's Trace being Trace. Uh, wasn't exactly what you expected, right? We wanted to kind of see one of those signature 300, 350 yard games, multiple passing touchdowns. But his finishing line, not bad. So he's 21 for 36, I believe, 230 yards, one passing touchdown, had 53 yards on the ground and, and two touchdowns on the ground, which I think is his signature trace. When he's got the ball in his hands, he's going to find a way. He's a playmaker. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot to complain about in that stat line. The one thing, like, I, I wish he was a little better than 21 for 36. Yeah. That's the only one that I don't love, especially against Appalachian State. Very fair. Not like a dynamic defense that you're going to run into, like maybe Wisconsin later in the year. And 21 for 36 is fine. Right. But that's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. And there are a couple of drops that we'll, we'll talk about in a little yes. bit, but, but overall I really did think that he played, he played a good game. And I think uh, at the very end, right. Um, and we'll get to that later too. But for me, we're sitting there and, and Appalachian state is driving. I was yelling at them, just let them score, just let them score. Cause I would so much rather have, Trace with the ball with just under two minutes, then having our defense try to make that stop. And it's exactly what happened. They scored. Trace got the ball back a minute 45. I think everyone watching felt fairly confident that he was going to get it done. Yes. Um, I will say that as, as much as like I was panicking through that fourth quarter, like having a heart attack, the only thing I was very sure was that I wanted that ball in Trace McSorley's hands. Exactly. And he got it done. Uh, a couple of things that I, I, I pointed out. Uh, so I went and rewatched the game fairly hungover yesterday, which was a great experience. Um, rewatched the game. A couple of things I noticed. I liked on, on a lot of like the RPOs, Trace, he would, as he would start his run, he would have the ball up kind of like he's pump faking. I don't remember if he did that a whole lot last year, but he did it multiple times during this game. It was kind of cool because he does multiple times where he runs up until the line and then releases it. So like by keeping that ball up, it's almost like he's, 
extending the fake and defenses are going to have to commit one or the other. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a really excellent point there. Um, just sort of another wrinkle in a very complete game that he has where he is now freezing the defense up until the exact moment that he crosses the line of scrimmage. And that's huge. Yeah, it really is. The only things I, I didn't love, um, and this isn't really on trace, I think more so the play calling, uh, the swing pass, we tried it twice, uh, once to miles and once to Mark Allen, both just losses for like three or four yards behind the line. I don't know exactly what they're trying to establish with that play, but not a fan of it early on. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. It's It can be a pretty decent play, but if it doesn't work, it's <laughs> pretty demoralizing because, ugh. Yeah. I mean, it's a, there's something about watching a swing pass go for a three, four-yard loss that is so much worse than just watching a run go for a loss. Exactly. It's just like it, it makes you question the play call. But let's be honest, I have, I have no idea what a good play call is. I'm not an offensive coordinator, but um, didn't like those. Not Trace's fault. Overall, I thought he played a really good game. Uh, and I think uh, he extended his streak to, was it 29 games now in a row with a passing touchdown? Longest in college football right now? Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, 29 games, that's got to be like his entire career, right? You only play how many per season. Yeah. So, um, pretty impressive stat. Uh, after Trace, next one for me is is the ground game. Running backs for me overall looked fairly impressive. Um, what were your thoughts uh, initially ground game? Yeah, I mean, you kind of saw what you expected to see out of Miles Sanders, which is a lot of consistency. He doesn't have um, that sort of, you know, 80-yard threat that Saquon had. Like, at any time, it could be a 60-yard play, but it feels like every time you're putting the ball in his hands, it's probably going to be four or five yards. Yeah, and, and I think that's what made me so excited about it. So the first run, uh, might have been even the first play of the game, he like pushes a couple guys, hurdles someone. It was only yeah. two yards, but it was exciting. Like, yeah. all right, this guy's ready. He's like, the next two went for like nine and ten yards apiece, and he was just moving the chains. Yeah, then that's what he's going to be. He's a very just super consistent. He's so good. Yeah, yeah. I really liked he had a, he had a good balance of like the power and the shiftiness. You saw him use the stiff arm a couple times, just push people down. There were a couple that he bounced to the outside where he like just got tripped up and you could see him kind of frustrated with himself sitting on the ground like after that play. Yeah. So I, I think it's only a matter of time until he gets going, but really impressed with, with what we saw. His uh, his stat line, 19 carries for 91 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, that's just, just under five. five. Yeah, like I don't and think anyone could be mad at that. Again, like you mentioned him bouncing it to the outside. That's something like that Saquon's going to be better than him at yeah. bouncing the ball to the outside. That was his things. But as far as like running between the, the tackles goes, you'd al- almost rather have Miles Sanders doing it. At, at this point with this offense, I'm, I'm very comfortable with it. I will always miss Saquon. Yeah. I will always I'll, love I'll, Saquon. I'll never say I'd rather have him. <laughs> But it's, it's a hard thing to say, but he's, I, he's yeah. a great between the tackles running back. You feel confident. He, he's going to find a hole there and he's going to be able to make a small hole work. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, uh, so something I didn't realize, and James Franklin said this in, I don't know if it was the post-game press conference or maybe even the pregame, but talked about he has running backs in a rotation, not for touches, but for series and snaps. So we saw Miles a lot early on. And then it seemed like he was kind of out of the game for a little bit. They were getting Mark Allen in there. They were getting Ricky Slade in there. So I liked what I saw from those two guys as well. Mark Allen was scrappy, fighting for yards every time he got the ball. And then Ricky Slade obviously had the big touchdown. I think we're going to see him. I think we're going to see him used fairly often as a change of pace from Miles. But um, I do want to see a little bit more consistency with with Miles being the guy and then working those other guys in. Like I said, kind of as a change of pace. Yeah, I, I see where it comes from there. Um, the only thing is you don't want to – 
you know, since you have those other guys, they need to find their rhythm too. Yeah. Especially a, like a big play threat guy like a rookie slate. You know, if you're giving him three carries a game, you can't assume that one of those three is going to go for 40 yards. Yeah, no, that's that's a totally fair point. And and when they were getting them in, I mean, it's at the point where we started going up in the third quarter. We're up 24-10, so it makes sense to rotate yeah. those guys in. Um, we so were yeah. winning big at one point. Remember? Remember? Um, last thing I have for the good here, no turnovers. So no interceptions from Trace, no yeah. fumbles from our guys. Um, not like a, a major factor in the game, but it's it's something that you – want to see first first game of the season so pretty happy there anything else for good that you wanted to call out i mean that's about where it ends <laughs> kind of sucks and in my in my i did a knee-jerk reaction posted it to our twitter and instagram we'll do that after every game i said that the offense never really got going and on the rewatch it's not completely true like i said third quarter we found some rhythm we got up. offense was staying in the first half yes very much second half pretty impressive yeah yeah they kind of I mean, we scored 38 points in regulation last season. We were, what, about averaging 40? So we're not far off, and it's the first game of the season. It's okay to expect some of those bad things to show up, which leads us into the bad. (laughs) Um, A lot of bad and a lot of ugly, unfortunately, but a couple things stand out to me for the bad. The first one is the O-line, and I'm not even going to say they're bad. I'm going to say they're inconsistent. So in our previews, we talked how much about this offensive line is finally going to be a strength, finally going to be a strength, and then – Half of the game, you see Trace running around, running for his life. Yeah, um, it was not pretty. And it was so disappointing to finally think we sort of broke through as an offensive line unit to be a good offensive line. And it went, that's a, one of these things that it's not the end of the world because you saw some good moments where, you know, I overall looked like we controlled like the push. Yep. But there was just too much inconsistency. And they're going to be, and if we continue to operate like that, yeah, it, it's one of those things you have. You look at this, you're like, all right, is this first game jitters rustiness, or is this indicative of what our season's going to be? And if it's indicative of what our season's going to be, that's really worrying because there's teams that are going to be able to take advantage of that where App State couldn't. Yeah, there's some much stronger pass rushes coming our way. So a couple of things that I that I called out. Um, first quarter, there was a sack on Trace. I think it was the only sack, maybe maybe yeah, two. Only, only, sack. only sack yeah, of the game, just one. Watching it back, honestly, Connor McGovern, right guard, who I think is fantastic, he just got beat. Just a one-on-one, he got beat. The rest of the line looked fine. So I'm not super upset with that. It's the only sack of the game. One-on-one, you get beat. But the very next play, the pocket collapsed, and Trace had to scramble and throws it away. And and we saw that too many times, especially down the stretch. Um, Third quarter, we get it back. Tie game. O-line looks bad. Two plays in a row, Trace had to run and just throw the ball away. When we need sort of those chunk plays to go, go down the field, that worried me. Um, they looked good in the third quarter overall. They looked really good. But uh, towards the end, even on the touchdown to, uh, to KJ Hammer, I don't know if you saw, there were two guys right in Trace's yeah, face. Trace on his back foot. Yeah, so. That was a, Trace made that play that wasn't like a great football. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Chalk uh, that coach up. doesn't watch that and go, man, I hope this is what happens every play. Right. <laughs> right. So I hope, I hope it's what you're talking about. The first game jitters. This is the first time that this unit is playing together in these positions, right? Connor McGovern was our center last year. He's our right guard this time. Right tackle, they were swapping in and out. It was uh, Chaz Wright to start and then Will Fries. And Fries kind of finished the game, so I wonder if they saw enough from him that he's going to be the guy. I, I hope it's just going to take a game or two to get them going because um, we, we need them to be a strength. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. We absolutely need to. Um so let's move in then to the ugly. Do you have anything else for the bad? So ugly is worse than bad for all the listeners. We're going good, then bad, then ugly. Anything else for the bad section before I get to some of my my uglies? 
Um, I mean, I like what you have there with the wide receiver blocking just looked kind of uninspired. Yeah. Um, um, and the reason that's not ugly is because wide receiver blocking isn't the be-all, end-all. Right. But it's something you want to see. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for calling that out. I'm looking at my own notes and jumped right over that. Guys, that's why we're co-hosts. Um, yeah, it was one of those where I felt like half the time on, on those runs where Miles did get trapped up, you'd see the kind of, you'd see the wide receiver, whoever it was, just kind of standing there and like looking back at the play rather than locked up with someone. Uh, and, and what I what I remembered was like, remember in the Rose Bowl on that crazy Saquon run? Chris Godwin was all the way down the field with him. Still. He was always a good block. Always, always. Always. Just mauling people. And maybe that's me. Jay Sean, too. Yeah, yeah. Always a good block. And that's what I'm saying. I think not having that veteran presence of wide receivers yeah, is that's a young guy thing. We're going to miss a little bit. And I think, quite frankly, they just they need to work on it and, and get ready because you're going to have some corners and some safeties that are going to be able to just shed that real quick and, and shut down our running game. And can't have that. I mean, most corners and safeties in the Big Ten are going to be able to shed that real quick. Exactly. So wide receivers, we love you. Let's get it together a little bit. All right, now to the ugly, and this one pains me because we talked about this a little earlier on. This is our guy, Jawan Johnson, primed for a huge year, supposed to be our number one, and he had a couple drops. Um, Three? At least three that I counted. And here's the thing. The first one was the the simplest. It was literally wide open on an out route. Uh, It was going to be for the first down. Hits his hands. He just kind of like looks away and drops it. First game hitters. He started running before he caught the ball. I'm okay with it. It's it's not ideal, but hey, if you make up for that, not worried at all. Um, beginning of the second quarter, we go for it on fourth and three, which I loved. I thought it was an excellent call. Yeah. You know, this is what we talked about in the in our preview: is hey, jam it down their throats, set the tone, like be those guys. The play actually developed pretty well. It was uh, I think it was a tight end coming from the right side over the middle, and then Jawan crossing with him in the middle. He was wide open had two or three yards in front of him. All he would have to do is just fall forward for the first down. Trace makes the quick read, quick throw, and I don't even think he got his hands up. He just kind of looked late. The ball was already by him. I don't know if he wasn't expecting it. I don't know what, but if it's fourth and three and you're the number one wide receiver, you got to be ready. You got to know the ball's coming your way. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Just a sigh of disappointment. This is something – so, like, I never saw this from him last season, drops and the miscommunications – so you're hoping that this is just, again, rust first game jitters. And I, I never heard anything about him in like his sort of scouting report as a uh, prospect that he had bad hands. Yeah. That was certainly nothing I'd ever heard about. Quite the opposite, actually. They, yeah. they said he has great hands, which he does for the most part. So I'm going to, as ugly as this was and as worrying as it was, this is one that I definitely chalk up to first game jitters. Yeah, I, I hope so. And he did bounce back. So that's the one thing I'll say is he did have some really nice catches. He's still a leading receiver. Still a leading receiver. Uh, he had one that was down on the sideline where Trace threw a really nice ball in between two defenders. And he was like fully leaped, outstretched, hands yeah. above his head. Really, really nice play. Um, the one that killed me the most, though, end of the game. I don't. It wasn't our very last drive. It was the one before that. So Appalachian State uh, punts. DeAndre Tompkins tries to do like the fake where he's he's up at the 20 yard line, but it's already over his head. And they pinned us at like, I think it was like the six or seven yeah. yard line. So Trace is in the end zone, throws a beautiful fade up to Juwan on the right sideline. Good coverage, good coverage. The guy was on him, but the ball literally goes directly through both of his hands. And that's that's a moment in the game where kind of back on our heels. We need it. You're the yeah. number one guy. I say that over and over again, but we need it. Um and that hurt. So, so seeing that happen because 
we watched the game. We were in uh, Britannia Pub in Santa Monica. Shout out. Uh, great spot. Penn State Alumni Association, LA Chapter, puts on a great, great event there. Um, I think I heard the entire bar with just like a collective sigh where it was just like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, this is our chance. We're going to put the nail in the coffin. And, and he just missed it. So he ended the game, let's see, six catches, 67 yards. So, again, not terrible. That's the thing. Like, he could have had 10 and over 100. Easily. And probably a touchdown if he catches that fade, honestly. Yeah. Um, Trace missed him on another one. Uh, that was another fade on the other sideline. So I think they'll be okay. I think they get it together. But that's just – that's a little scary. Yeah, that, I mean, again, that's one that I'm definitely chalking at the first game jitters from his scouting report coming into college and his overall performance last season. I has never saw an issue with his hands. Yeah, makes sense. So, Juwan, we love you, buddy. Uh, let's just let's focus a little bit more. Yeah. Let's just focus. Uh, and then the last one for ugly, this isn't even so much on us, but we got lucky from penalties. Um, Nine for 100 yards, right? 100 yards of penalties on App State that – I mean, the first drive of the game, it was a three and out. We got lucky with that taunting penalty, and then we went down and scored. And, then, and by the way, that was a soft-ass penalty. Very soft. Um, how many times did defensive linemen get a sack and then do some sort of like championship yeah. belt or flex? I mean, it just so happened that he was standing over Trace McSorley, and I think that's why the ref gave it to him. But th- the point being is we're not going to get those calls all season. And more importantly, we shouldn't need to. Like, yeah. We shouldn't need that many penalties to keep drives going. There were plenty of times – where it was a three and out, where we weren't moving. We got a penalty and then sparked. So, I mean, the, what's really worrisome about this is that we won an overtime game in which the other team had nine penalties for 100 yards. You can make a case that App State should have won this game. That oh, they deserve this win and we didn't. 100%. And, and I'll get that. I'll get to that when we get to even the special team section at the end. There were plenty of chances where they, they should have had. We got very lucky. Penalties. Uh, some things down the stretch that kind of just went our way. Um, I completely agree. And then, and even more so, like, we're a number 10 team in the country versus an unranked. And I think we can all agree, App State's a pretty damn good team. Um, and we'll get to that in a second here when we talk defense. I think they're much better than even we gave them credit for. We said that they were going to be a tough matchup. I think they played really fucking well. Well, their quarterback ended up being a lot better than we thought. A lot better than expected. But still, they should have won this game and had the upset, whereas we're like, oh, shit, we barely survived. Yes. So let's jump into defense then. Um, again, wrap up the offense. I think Trace will get his connection down with the wide receivers. I think running backs look really good. O-line, we hope develops, drops, we hope go away. Uh, one thing I didn't touch on, tight end, was, was you know, we knew it was a question coming in. I think there was only two catches, one from Dalton and one from uh, Holland. Um, need to see a little bit more out of that. I've never missed Mike Kosicki more. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> um, but overall, again, we put up 45 it's one points. of those things where – Having a tight end like Mike Isicki just creates such a matchup issue, and it frees everyone else in the offense up. Yeah, exactly. And, and we don't have that right now. Um, the guys that were in there, they actually blocked decently, which, you know, you're nice to see from, all different. Nice <laughs> to see from the tight end. Um, but, yeah, we, we need one of those guys to step up. Uh, Friar Muth, the, the freshman, did, did play a couple snaps in there. So we'll see. Um, first game, not too worried. So let's jump into defense. And then this is the one where – Looking on Twitter, looking on social media, most people were freaking out about how bad our defense played. So I'm going to start with the good. And this is one that I, I don't you, think you – I, I read this and I was like, oh, that, I didn't even actually didn't think of that. Good. Because yeah. I was freaking out. Yeah, because I don't think a lot of people did. Through three quarters, our defense held their offense to only three points, right? 
opening kickoff that they ran back. We'll talk about in the special team section, but that's their seven. We give up one field goal. Going into the fourth quarter, it's 24-10, right? Let's, let's pretend even the defense has a mediocre fourth quarter. We give up two touchdowns, whatever. We score another. You're looking at like a 38-24 win. You're saying it's not pretty, but it's a win. Who cares? Defense fell apart in the fourth quarter, and that's not ideal. But if you're talking about taking away the good, they were very much a bend, don't break defense for the first three quarters. And I think that went severely overlooked. Yeah, I I think that is an excellent point. The one counterpoint that I have to that is, well, uh, our defense was pretty good for three quarters last year against Ohio State. Damn, that's a good counterpoint. It's a good (laughs) counterpoint. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And we just can't afford to be good for three quarters. Yeah. No, that's true. you got to play an entire game. That's not an acceptable, like, caveat. True. True. Three quarters of football. No, and that's fair. But I I, I think the point I'm just trying to make here is everyone's like, oh, my God. Bit of an overreaction. We got run over by Appalachian They were three quarters of very – I wouldn't say very impressive, but good Ben don't break defense. Yes, exactly. I will say – over the past couple of seasons has sort of been our MO as a bend don't break. Yeah. And, and, and we knew this was going to be the case, right? We knew that the defense was going to struggle with what we lose eight starters. I think it was yeah. um, one thing of note, Kevin Givens, who uh, we talked about, is going to be a big time D tackle for us. Didn't play because he was suspended for a violation of team rules. I didn't know that while I was watching the game. I uh, heard Did that in the, in the post game presser. Hopefully that's like a one time thing and he doesn't have any trouble because we need him sure. up the middle. Yeah. Um, but some of the good, and, and I won't spend a ton of time on here because I think I think we need to talk about some of the, we'll call them opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> some of the good, I think Nick Scott had a really good game of safety. Um, we've talked about him as he's the senior guy. Uh, he was our second leading tackler behind Jan Johnson, who had a really good game. My man, maybe eat my words. Yeah, Jan Johnson had a really good game at linebacker. Now, is he going to be your, like, Big Ten middle linebacker going, you know, All-America? Maybe. <laughs> Of course, maybe. Um, but he had a really good game. He, he played his assignment well. He, he he did what we needed him to do. Shout out to Jan Johnson. Micah Parsons looked good as a young guy getting in there. Showed off his athletic ability. Um, Seems to always be around the ball. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think I think we're going to see a lot more out of him. Uh, Iter Gross Matos, my guy, looked really good on the defensive line. I thought um, – we'll talk about the line in a minute, but I thought he, he looked really good. good on that line. Yeah, exactly. And they got pressure at times. We'll, we'll get to that in the bad section, but – there were there were moments where our guys were swarming the backfield, which was great to see. It was just that kind of like with the O line, that inconsistency that really hurt us. Uh, a couple other good things here: Don Johnson, which great name, phenomenal. Uh, he had that interception. It was a free play, so we were offsides. Uh, Shaka Tony jumped. Uh, to be fair, the entire defensive line jumped. So I don't know if it was a hard count or maybe they were going off of Shaka. But um, Don Johnson stayed with the play, made the interception, which was nice. Didn't count. But nice to see that he yeah. stayed with that's it. That, otherwise, that's that big playability. Yeah. Well, otherwise, I mean, it's a free play. If he doesn't stay with that that's guy, true. he's open. Touchdown. Touchdown. So, um, liked that. Otherwise, that we didn't have any takeaways until obviously the game winner. Um, yeah, we had we had a couple of really nice coverage plays, and overall, I think the secondary has a lot of room for opportunity. But there were a couple of really nice coverage plays where uh, Zach Thomas, quarterback for App State, just made perfect throws. So. Yeah. Overall, the uh, the good that I'm putting on for defense are that there were flashes of good. There were moments that looked really good, and and there are things to build upon. But I, I think the the most uh, the most that we're going to talk about here is the bad and the ugly. So let's jump into the bad. What are what are you most concerned about? Um, well, I'll, I'll get to that in the ugly. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what about the bad? You want to talk front seven or you want to talk secondary? No, our, our front seven is in the ugly. 
<laughs> all right, all right. We're gonna wait till the ugly. So, um, so our secondary, like you said, had flashes of some good stuff. I, it's a secondary that doesn't lack talent. I think we saw that from these flashes of good plays, but it lacks experience, and especially in the defensive secondary, inconsistency isn't very acceptable because one big play is a really big deal. And we had a lot of them. So I'll jump into a couple that Four I bad plays uh, for a defensive backfield can be 28 points. I mean, that's but the you got to realize yeah. that. Oh, that's absolutely. a huge deal. Yes, 100%. Um, so, yeah, I think I think for me, though, the way I classified it is they looked out of practice. Just like a lot of, a lot of kind of either late steps, um, out of position, not really sure what was going on. John Reed, he got beat a few times. He's supposed to be our number one and... He's playing his first game in like a year and a half coming off of ACL. It, it looked like four or five guys who hadn't really played a college football game before. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we saw a lot of rotations. So some of the plays that I called out, uh, there was a third and 16. Um, and they had like a nice 15 or 16-yard pass to put them in field goal range. I think this was in the beginning of the game uh, when they got that field goal. So it's third and 16. All you need to do is like shut down the middle hold them and probably punt, but they got like a 16 yard pass. John Reed just looked completely out of place on there. Um, opening in the fourth quarter, we had this big hit from Lamont Wade on the quarterback. So this is where he actually, he went down and he like, yeah, it looked like he got that wind knocked out of him. Um, really, really big hit, which was awesome. Uh, they decide, I think this is, they decide to go for it on fourth and two backup quarterbacks in it's fourth and two. Okay. Just shut them down. You shouldn't let up the big play here throw for like a 15 yard pass where this is the one that Nick Scott really just didn't look good. Backup quarterback throws like a corner route fade and now they're in, now they're in position to score. Um, so that one kind of sucked there. Uh, there was a touchdown to make it 31 24. This one was just one of the great throws by Zach Thomas. Uh, Reed did get beat by step, but it was up like the left sideline. Um, Thomas read it quick, just put it exactly where it needed to be touchdown. Uh, the one by Tariq Castro fields. This is another one I was talking about where he was all over the dude up the right sideline. Perfect throw, just over the shoulder, caught it. Um, so those ones are, are going to happen, right? If you have good coverage and you, it's a perfect pass, nothing you can do about it. But what worries me is that more often than not, coverage does not look good. Yeah, and here's the thing. Um, if, if you're playing good coverage all game and you're not letting up these easy passes – it's going to be a lot harder for a quarterback to get in that rhythm where he's making those perfect throws. If he, you know, it, there's the, mentally and just physically, you're, you're not feeling it as much and you're not going to make those perfect throws as, as often if you're just getting shut down left and right by good coverage. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And that's, that's one thing that I saw on the rewatch is that Zach Thomas, and we, we said in our preview that this is a run first team. They had uh, Jalen Moore, the running back, who, who played pretty well, uh, and they have Zach Thomas, who can also run. And he had he had fifty some odd yards on the ground. But we said make him make him beat us with his arm, and kind of did. Yeah, he did. Like, uh, what I noticed early on is like, we were just playing soft coverage where he was taking what we were giving him. It was a lot of quick dropbacks, just quick throws, taking the five, six, seven yards every time, and just moving the chains. And he found a rhythm. He got into it, and then he was able to exploit us. Um, one that I, I missed was... That's one thing I hate about our defense. We seem a little too comfortable in letting people do that. Yeah, which is, which like, there are times of the game where, yeah, sure, that's fine if you're in, like, a prevent defense or something, but... I don't know. It didn't work out too well last year against Ohio State. No, it didn't. It did. You're right. You're right. That fourth How quarter. many times can... Yeah. I don't know. No, you're I, right. I, I, just, I don't like that style of play. Playing not to lose, playing soft. 
you play not to let up big games, you're probably going to let up the field. Yeah, and we've seen that. Um, that's been one of the knocks on Franklin over the last couple of years. When you're playing with the lead, can't close out, right? Because oftentimes we play not to lose. And it seemed like the secondary was kind of there throughout the whole game. And one that worried me a little bit was um, Amani Orarie, who is kind of the hero for that yeah. ending interception. Dude, the end of regulation, he got beat so bad. It was the first play of uh, of – their last drive, they, were, they had less than a minute left. It was like 42 seconds. And he got beat. I don't know if he thought he was blitzing. I don't know if he thought it was a run. But Thomas throws it up. They run. I think it was like a 40-yard play that set them up for that 56-yarder. And yeah. thank God they missed it. But it just looked ugly, man. So secondary's got some work to do. We've got a lot of talented kids back there. Um, but we've uh, we've got some work to do with much better quarterback-wide receiver combos coming at us. Yeah. All right, um, that's really all I had the bad. I had the front seven in the bad, but you have them in the ugly, so let's go there. Let's go. Front seven, um, what are your thoughts? Uh, we only had two sacks all game, which is not what you want against an unranked, uh, you know, season opener. I mean, and the defensive line should be one thing. Or it's You shouldn't need as much, like, in-game reps to be able to pass rush as yeah. you do to pass cover. Yeah, and I don't know much about Appalachian State's offensive line. I don't know if those guys are – Tell you it's not as good as Wisconsin's. No, I, that's a very good point. <laughs> we can tell you that much. Um, but I don't know if those guys are like, you know, third and fourth year starters, returners. I don't know. But even so, we should have gotten a lot more pressure. Um, we only had two sacks, and I think none of our defensive linemen had more than three tackles. Most of them clocking in at one or two. Yeah, and the sacks came it's from – Sacks came from Nick Scott had one, and I think Cam Brown had the other, a linebacker. Yeah. So zero sacks from the defensive line. Yep. So like we talked about before, Jan Johnson leads the way. Pretty 11 exactly. tackles. Uh, defensive line, our top defensive line tackler is Yitro Gross Matos with three. That, yeah, man, that's... And you know what? If, if all our defensive linemen clock in at like three tackles every game, that's fine. But if you're going to have your leading tackler with three and then everyone else at like one or two and zero sacks from the defensive line, yeah. Zero. Yeah. And it's, I think Sharif was in the backfield once for a tackle for loss. Eater was back there once for a tackle for loss, but it was just, it didn't feel like you talked about it in the preview, like where is the line of scrimmage for a lot of the game it did not feel like we were controlling it or even getting pressure. Um, that quarterback was way too comfortable. Uh, they're running back more. He had a pretty good game overall. They ran for like one sixty on us and two touchdowns. And even on our pass rushes, the pocket was huge. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, they were able to create a lot of like sideways, like forcing our linemen outside to create a big pocket. Yeah. And, and I think, like I said, on the rewatch, there was, there was some elements in the beginning of the game of he was, he was throwing that ball in under like two seconds. He was just getting it out. We didn't have a chance, which is fine. But if that's going to happen, get your secondary to play some press, like put some pressure. Right. Um, I did like, I did like some of the blitz calls. So a lot of times we saw linebackers in the backfield. We saw John Reed in the backfield a couple of times, which is nice, but that shouldn't be how you get your tackles for loss and your sacks. That should be a compliment to the defensive line. Yes. So a couple of things I saw, um, we had, what is it? Let's see their first drive. Um, like I said, kind of just took what we were giving them, milked that drive, kept our defense on the field for, I think it was six and a half minutes of clock, which was longer than any it scoring drive. The last season. Did, I'm pretty sure. Oh, Absolutely. Um, I don't have that stat in front of me, but I, I would put money on it. Um, 
Also, by the way, I did win on the over. Uh, parlay did not happen because we didn't cover, clearly. But the over, never a doubt, guys. Never a doubt. Um, yeah, I was actually reading this morning on The Athletic. I don't know if you guys, anyone out there is a subscriber. If you're not, you should. It's only a couple bucks a month. Um, this is a free ad. I don't know why I'm giving them publicity. Um, but Audrey Snyder, who is a Penn State writer for The Athletic, I think she's one of the best in the business. She had a really good recap of the whole game. And at one point, she talked about how we were using our defensive ends. And I didn't actually realize this, but there were multiple times that they used a four defensive end set. So there was no defensive tackle in the game. They would have Sharif on the outside, someone else on the outside. They would move Yitzhak Matos to the middle and then put Daniel Joseph in the middle as well. So you've got four quote-unquote pass rushers. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Like at first, well, I was I can like, tell no, you it didn't end up being a very good thing. No, no, that's true. The stats don't, <laughs> stats don't show a win there. Um, but at first, I saw it as like, oh, this could be cool. This could be like our secret weapon. Like, uh, who is it? The Warriors in the NBA had their death lineup that yeah. was supposed to be amazing. I'm, I'm sitting there going, oh, maybe, maybe this could be our guys. But at the same time, what does that tell you about your defensive tackle depth? And I think that's that's the scarier part. That's what I talked about last uh, last podcast. Yeah. So we mentioned Kevin Givens out for a violation of team rules, and even Franklin said he he's like, when we get him back, we'll be a better team. Which, yeah, but your whole line shouldn't rest on one player. Right. No. So they can't because no defensive lineman plays an entire game. No. They, and they did rotate quite a bit. We saw a lot of guys in there. We saw Antonio Shelton. We saw Fred Hansard. We saw Shaka Tony. We saw a lot of these younger guys getting in there, getting reps. Um, and yeah, we're going to play teams with multiple early round NFL draft picks on the offensive line. If we can't get pressure, it is going to be long days for our defense. All right. Anything else to talk defense? Uh, entire fourth quarter. I just wrote LOL. There's nothing else to say. That was a yeah, bad quarter. That was, uh, it was, that was a rough one. It was. And, and one play that I really just didn't understand was, uh, I think I have it written down here somewhere. Um, I don't know. It's not, it's not. Oh, here it is. So there was a touchdown that they scored on. Both John Reed and Nick Scott blitzed from the same side, leaving that side of the field fairly open. Amani kind of played the flat, which I don't know if he was supposed to or not. Receiver runs right past him, wide open for a touchdown, and you have like Jan Johnson and Lamont Wade sprinting from the middle of the field over to get him. I don't know if both those guys weren't supposed to blitz. No, they I don't know if Amani was supposed to drop back. Something was blown on that, and it was just one yeah, of those where it was one of those where we looked real silly. And it was a crucial part of the game. It's fourth quarter. They're driving. They're coming back on us. You can't have those kind of mental mistakes. Just can't happen. No, I mean, and that, those are the mistakes that guys who have never started a college football game make. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. And and in addition to that, another kind of rookie mistake that we saw a lot of is missed tackles. So many missed tackles. I mean, it looked like more often than not, it would take three or four guys just to make a routine tackle, which it's not going to hold up in the Big Ten, man. It's just not. No, and, and especially when you're going against you know, the Ohio States, the Michigan States, the Wisconsins. Yep. Can't afford. And there's always going to be missed tackles. Sure. Sure. But you can't afford to be looking back and saying that could cost you the game. Yeah, when exactly. that many missed tackles. Yep. There were two plays in particular. There was one with 10 minutes left where we had, uh, we had the running back down in the backfield. He escapes, runs around the other side, and turns into a nine-yard game. When you are playing in the fourth quarter and you're trying to seal a win, can't happen. Uh, and then on the touchdown run, the one where I actually did want them to score, but two missed tackles. Just yeah. let them in. Um, 
it's it's a little scary. Uh, I think it's I think it's one that will get better, of course. But when it's a theme throughout the entire game, it's a little worrisome. Yeah, well, there there were just too many things in this game that you have to look at and go, all right, is this indicative of where we're going? Or is this just Rust and first game jitters? Yeah, exactly. And and how many of those can you hope are Rust and first game jitters? It makes you nervous. It, it does. And I think I think what we'll see this upcoming week, and we'll we'll talk about this after we finish special teams. We've got Pitt coming up, which obviously is a you know quote unquote rivalry. We don't think it's a rivalry, but you know they're a little jacked up for it. Yeah. I think this game is going to be the true like show us what team we are. Right. Yeah. Because, because we can chalk this entire game, Appalachian State, up to the first game of the season. Everyone has bad first games. Uh, one of the Penn State accounts, I forget who it was, tweeted uh, the year that Clemson won the national title recently. Their first game was a narrow victory over Troy, and everyone freaked out. That's true. And they went on and won. Now, am I saying we're going to go win the national championship? Yes. Yes. That's exactly <laughs> what I'm saying. Um, no, but it, but it's, it's part of college football, and that's why every week is so damn important. And to me, that's why college football is the most exciting sport in the world. Yeah. Like, I love baseball. I'll always be a huge Yankee fan, but... There's 162 games. Exactly. There's every game. 12 in college football. Every single week matters. Yes. Um, here's what I'll say. You know, first game jitters, first game rust. That, it's a great point by that account. That happens. Um, second game jitters, second game rust. That's where it's... You start hitting the panic sure. button. You start hitting the panic button a little bit. Um... Okay, so let's wrap up defense. One thing I did forget in the flashes of good that I really wanted to call out, uh, Jarvis Miller at linebacker had a really nice play um, where he he like shed two blockers to make a tackle for loss. I think he's going to be a guy we didn't really talk about a lot. I think he's going to be a key factor in the linebacker rotation. He's not a starter, but I think he's a guy who has, he's I think he's a senior, maybe even a redshirt senior at this point. He's got the experience. He's a, he's a veteran guy, similar to like a Jan Johnson now. I think we need some of that. And I think he's going to play really well into that. Koa had a really nice stop. Ellis Brooks got in the game. So while it's not figured out by any means, I I, I, I see some there, problems. There were some good things court. that happened. Yeah, there's there some problems. Too many bad things. Exactly. So that's the defense. Um, again, really, really good first three quarters. Don't know what the hell happened in that fourth quarter. What they outscore us like 24 something? 28. Um, they scored 28 points in the fourth quarter. Jesus Christ. Uh, let's see, 28 to 14. We got outscored in, in the fourth quarter. So not ideal. Obviously, yeah. I mean, the problem there isn't as much the outscoring as the scoring. You know, we put up yeah. 14 points in one quarter. That's fine. Yeah. The problem is we let up 28 <laughs> points. Exactly. That's every possession basically yep. they scored. Yep. Like I said, even if we just even if we just <laughs> I, I don't them. think we got a stop in fourth quarter. Uh, there was at least one Unless you count punt. the last possession that they missed field goal. No, there was at least the one because, remember, they punted and they, and they pinned us deep. Uh, okay. The yes. in, the, in the back end. So there was at least one. I, you're right, though. There weren't many. It felt like they were just moving the ball with ease. I think that was the only one. Yeah. So that that's that's a time where even if we match them 14-14 in the fourth quarter, again, you're walking away. It's not great, but you feel a lot better. Like, we got decimated and, and it happened. So figure it out. Make the corrections. Move on to pit. That's all you can do. All right, let's get into special teams. A um, little bit to talk about here. So, so the good. Uh, I'm going to talk about Jake Pinniger and Blake Gilligan. So, Jake Pinniger, true freshman. Uh, he's our only scholarship kicker. We've got a bunch of walk-ons, uh, but he was good. Five of five from for for extra points, which is not like it's not something that should jump off the stat sheet. But for a freshman kicker, first time playing, happy. Uh, and he hit his one field goal from 32. So, uh, looks like he's definitely going to be our field goal kicker. We'll have to see what his range is like. We, you know, I don't really know at yeah. this point, but 
This game doesn't tell you a whole lot other yeah. than we don't have to worry too much. Exactly. It doesn't make you worry. Is he going to be the big leg we need? Hopefully, but not worried. Uh, and then Gilligan, he averaged 43 yards on five punts, um, and he is long as 55. None inside the 20 or touchbacks or anything. But again, he didn't make you worry. It wasn't, it it wasn't going to. And he's not. He's my favorite specialist in the world. I love you, Blake. <laughs> um, also on the good, DeAndre uh, Tompkins did have one nice punt return. I think it was his only return. Yeah. Uh, it was the one that kind of bounced and then he made a couple guys look silly. Um, so that was pretty cool. I, I like that. And I think you'll see that's something to improve. Um, I talked earlier that I think you might see some rotation at punt returner, but I don't know. I mean, DeAndre's just so sure-handed back there. He makes good decisions. I don't see a reason to. Don't mess with a good thing. Yeah, exactly. Especially on punt returns where a lot can really go wrong. Right. That's a huge momentum swing. It really is. Yeah. So so those were good. Um, no concerns there. Bad. Uh, so I'm going to talk a couple things here. So, so this isn't really bad, but more so just like we need to find out what we have in these kickoff kickers. So our kickoff kicker for the day was Rafael Cheka, I think if I'm saying that right. Um, he only had one touchback in the third quarter. Otherwise, they were all like right at the four or five yard line and, and available to return. Um, I don't know if you saw, but one of them kind of bit us in the ass. Yeah. <sighs> I, I don't even want to talk about it, but we will. Um, that, that's going to fall into the ugly category, but let's just talk about it now. It was like our first kickoff to them. Um, more missed tackles. There were two guys that really had a shot. And then other than that, he just went untouched. Uh, 100 yard return, I think it was. Anything to say? That's pretty bad. You're giving me like the blank stare, like, I don't want to fucking talk about this. Only Big Toe Joe was was our kicker. That would not have happened if Joey Julius was our kicker. No, because he would have laid the dude out. Um, But we shouldn't need our kicker (laughs) to make the tackle on kickoffs, right? That's a good point. Um, But it is a little bit worrisome, and that's why I put it in the bad category, that that there was only the one touchback. Um, On the contrary, their kicker, I mean, didn't let KJ Hamler return the ball until KJ Hamler decided he wanted to return the ball. Uh, but we, we need a little bit more out of our kickoff guy. Uh, we can't we can't be letting every single one have a chance to return because, again, in the Big Ten, there's some dangerous return men. Yeah. And, and we I don't want that to be a phase of the game that we have to worry about. And also mistakes just happen. Like, yeah. I mean, that, that kick return doesn't have his – you saw he was hardly touched. Mm-hmm. Only so much of that is the actual kick returner. Yeah, you know, a lot of that is just really mediocre coverage. Absolutely. Like, everyone is sprinting down the field. It seemed like they stayed in their lane okay, but it was like no one ever made the angle to actually attack. It was like people were kind of stayed no in their lanes, and then he was past us already. So that was kind of ugly. Um, but uh, but I, I, I'm interested to see what Franklin will do with uh, Rafael Cheka if he gets a chance next week or if it's one of the other guys. Because uh, like I said, I think we have like three or four of them. There's Vlad Hilling, who great. He's like a... I forget what nationality is, but he's got some great videos. The team loves him. He's that kid who hit like the yeah, some crazy fifty something. Yeah, some crazy thing in high school. He's got an awesome accent. Uh, Maybe he'll get a shot. And then there's two others, I think. Um, So we'll see. And then the other one for bad, and this is one where people might get on me a little bit. I'm going to say it was a bad decision by KJ Hamler to take that kickoff out at the very end of the game. What are your thoughts? I mean, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And care to elaborate? No. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, so this is one where people are really hyping KJ up, and and let me start before I even get into it. It worked, and it was awesome. So yes, great play because it worked. The decision to take it out was not a good decision. No. End of the game. We needed a score. You waited like what five seconds before, and Jonathan Thomas, our, our you know whatever string running back, he's standing there like telling him not to go, and then KJ's like, "Fuck it, I'm going." 
You love watching it. It, it was super exciting. Because it worked. Because it worked. <laughs> the whole bar went crazy. Um, he made one guy miss. I think it was at like the six or eight yard line. If he gets tackled there and then that's, that's our final mess. drive and we don't score, everyone is talking about how he should never be a kick returner again. But it worked. He got out to like the 50 and we're happy. Um, it's, it's scary. And he talked about it in his post-game interview. They asked him like, hey, did you, did you ask Franklin if you could do that? He's like, yeah, I did. He told me to follow the rules and stick to the rules and that was it. <laughs> so, uh, and they asked him, like, did, did he talk to you about that? KJ was like, no, not today, but I'll probably hear about it tomorrow. Oh, he's so, going to get ripped. And yeah. So happy it worked. And, and KJ had a great game all around. And, and I, I think that was, that was cool to see what he's capable of. Not a good decision. So, <laughs> yeah, scary. it's, uh, oh boy. <laughs> a little scary. Um, but it was fun. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, getting into the ugly, we talked about the, that opening return, um, which was, was just missed tackles, not, not good coverage. But even more so for me was the onside kick that we didn't recover. Um, cause that was where the momentum to me really shifted. Uh, yeah. They caught us sleeping. Uh, Franklin said in his post game, we lined up a little deep. All of the guys were like 12 to 13 yards off. So there was some cushion already. And Franklin said he, he told them right before they went out there that we're leaving early. We're leaving our early. Like don't, don't start backtracking before you see the ball kicked because, Hey, you guys are all fast enough, good enough athletes to cover. And if you watch it, four out of the five guys take a step, two steps back before the ball's even kicked. The only one that reacts to it, I think it's Lamont Wade in the middle. But by that time, the entire App State team is running towards us, yeah. and they have four or five yards with easy recovery of that onside kick. So I, I don't know what to say about that one, but that was a big-time momentum swing. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's young guys. Um, and it's not often that Franklin calls out his players for doing something wrong. So you know yeah. that they did. Yeah. He's more of a, a lot of times he's a, we got to get better as a team. Or and or he puts it on himself. It. Right. And right. they're going to get ripped in film. Yeah. And they're going to have a hard week of practice. As they should, right? It's, I uh, bet today's practice is going to involve a lot of conditioning. A lot of labor, would you say? Yes. Huh? Labor day. I'm here all <laughs> oh, week. Maybe. Here all week. <laughs> um, all right. Last thing I'll say for special teams, and this isn't even really on our special teams, but um, App State had a chance at the end of the game, 56-yard attempt. Um, like I said, I, Amani kind of blew his coverage and got beat there. It never had a chance. It was very wide, right? But it had all the distance and this isn't a special teams knock. Just it's, it happens to be in the special teams phase. I mean, if that guy's a little bit more accurate, we lose this game and there is no overtime. Like that's just, that's to me, like the level of, oh shit, this could have been a lot worse than it was. I think we got very lucky. We got out of the game with a win. We are one and oh this week, which is all that matters. Not really, but to me, it's all that matters right now, um, and that's the game. So, so there's a there's a lot a lot to unpack, a lot that we could dwell on, but we're moving on. It, it's pit week, so to wrap up this one, uh, we're going to do a segment each week where we're going to do most valuable player and least valuable player. Um, now, least valuable doesn't mean we hate the guy or we think he sucks, but this is like, hey, you had maybe a poor game, and we need you to get better. Um, I need to think of some creative names for this. Uh, I don't have any good ones yet. Um, Thinking maybe like a Nittany Lion leader and a Nittany Lion letdown. Not bad. Maybe a lion and a lamb. Lion and a lamb. That's not bad. I like that. Uh, I'm shamelessly stealing this from my favorite Yankees podcast. They do uh, Pride of the Yankees and Yankee Motherfucker, which are just great names. Um, so we'll come up with more. But let's start. Who is your MVP for this game? There is one MVP. It's Trace McSorley. It's very obvious. This team's nowhere without him. This is a, this is a loss 
if he is not your quarterback. Yeah, it's I, I can't argue with that. We talked about it at the top. He's he had a fantastic game for made what, everything happen. For what was given. It it honestly looked like in the first half, especially, it looked like he was he was like, I don't want to say frustrated because he's he's not the kind of guy to show that. Like he'll he'll always get up for his teammates, but it looked like he was trying to do everything on his own. Um and you and need that guy. To. Yeah, you need that guy. If you want to be a Heisman contender, if and Matt Millen said that so many times on the broadcast, here's your Heisman moment. Have your Heisman moment. Like I hope we don't have to have a Heisman moment in Appalachian State. I know. Um, but Trey's had a great game. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, really cool moment after the game. If you guys follow us on Twitter, I tweeted out the video. Uh, Clifton Duck, who's a D-back from Appalachian State, they kind of like give each other a hug, and it looks like Duck mouths to him like, now go win the Heisman, bro. Go win the Heisman, which, I don't know, to me that's just really cool. Like yeah. I love seeing that, like mutual respect. You know, I don't know if they know each other off the field, but um, obviously a lot of respect for Trace McSorley all around the league. For me, I don't think there's anyone who doesn't respect him. Yeah, completely, completely. Um, for me, my MVP is going to be the guy that I just trashed a little bit. It's going to be KJ Hamler. Uh, All right. So, again, his decision to return that was really not good, but he made some great plays in open space. And even on top of that, he's had a really good day at receiver. So if you remember um, when we talked about the depth chart, he was one of my pleasant surprises. As I said, I was really happy to see him kind of get that opportunity to show what he's made of. He had four catches, 68 yards, and the touchdown. So – Touchdown was huge, right? We said Trace made that happen. He was under fire, but really nice catch from, from KJ in the end zone. Uh, and even more so, um, it was a couple series earlier. He made one over the middle, fully extended, diving catch that he came down with. And, I mean, the kid is just special. He's yeah. got speed. He can make plays in open space. He'll get some uh, He'll get some lip from Franklin for that decision to take it yeah. out. But all in all, um, I knew you were going to pick Trace. So I had to pick someone else. Fair uh, I think he had a really good game, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he – can bring with us. All right. So now your Nittany Lion letdown or your lamb will come up working title. Who, who do you got? Um, so, I mean, this one definitely a, a fucking lamb is just our defensive line. Giving it to the unit. Yep. Yeah. The entire <laughs> unit deserves it. Uh, zero sacks, uh, minimal tackles, and just if, if there's a, a unit that should be able to dominate an opponent like this in an opening week, it's supposed to be the defensive line. Yeah. And the fact that we couldn't do that at all, not only do we not dominate, they actively looked better than us on the other line. Like a lot better. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's their... I think they that's deserve as bad it. as it gets. I think they deserve it. And again, we're going to do this every week. Somebody's going to have to get this award. And there's going to be games where we blow people out and someone's still going to get this award because we're a real podcast, guys. I'll say this every week. We're keeping it real for you. Um, all right. My lamb or my letdown is going to be Juwan Johnson. Um, we talked about this at length. And, and maybe in future episodes, we'll try to try to keep our awards a little bit more secretive because I don't think there's much left to say here. Sure. Um, not that he had a bad game. It's just from what I expected and what I hoped from him, it was a letdown. And those drops, yeah. those drops just hurt. He had some see. very disappointing moments. Yeah. So I, I hope he turns it around, and I know that he will. But for this game, he is my my lion letdown slash lamb slash working title. Um, all right. Yeah, we were gonna. Uh, so some of the other, I, I've come up with a couple of segments that I want to do every week. Uh, we're getting close on time, so we probably won't do them this week. Um, if you guys have things that you want to hear, things that you want to talk about, let us know. Tweet at us. Hit us up on Instagram. Uh, one one segment that I had is a. I'm really bad at naming these segments. Uh, one was going to be called We Won, but that wasn't fun. And it was meant to keep us honest in a win where we're only talking about good things and we talk about the bad. I think we spent the entire episode on that. Yeah. So we will skip yeah, over yeah, that. That segment. 
we will skip over that. Um, but some of the others, and this is one I will touch on just quickly because I didn't do a whole lot of in-depth. Um, but this is one we're going to do each week. We're going to do the Big Ten Baller of the Week, where we'll talk about one of the best things that we saw in the Big Ten, somebody who had a great game, a really cool moment. And then we'll talk about the Big Ten Bozo of the Week, meaning the dumbest, the worst, something bad. So um, I did 10 minutes of research before this. Big Ten Baller, I think there's a lot of guys. So the Big Ten actually had a pretty good week. Uh, if you take out the game of Northwestern and Purdue, because obviously that's a conference game, there's going to be a win and a loss. They offset. Yeah. Rest of the conference went ten and one, with the only loss being Michigan. So a couple of scary Seven losers. It is twelve twenty four p.m. and Michigan still sucks. Oh, um, a couple of close ones. Obviously, us Michigan State had a scare. A um, couple of dominating ones. Um, you know, Rutgers dominated Texas State good thirty five seven. They needed it. Iowa played well. Ohio State put up 77, 77 yeah. on Oregon State. Um, just a lot of uh, – Maryland beat Texas. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Wisconsin looked good. Minnesota looked fine. So my Big Ten baller of the week, I think you could pick pretty much anyone on Ohio State's offense. Dwayne Haskins looked incredible. Okay. Five touchdowns. Mike Weber, uh, returning from injury, had 180 yards on the ground and three touchdowns, something crazy. Uh, but my Big Ten baller is actually going to go to the opposite side of the ball. Nick Bosa from Ohio State. Talked about very highly as a possible number one overall draft pick. He's a defensive end, supposed to be better than his brother, Joey. The dude is just an absolute force. So we talked about how pitiful our defensive line looked at times. This guy had two sacks, two fumble recoveries, and he was in the backfield all day. Um, I'm a little jealous. I'm a little worried about our offensive line going up against him in four weeks. Um, But he had a really, really great day. So as much as I hate Ohio State, got to tip the cap. Um, he will be the Big Ten baller of this week. And, and again, going forward, we'll do some more research and we'll, we'll actually have good info yeah. here. I'm, I'm going to give my Big Ten baller week to Maryland. Yeah. Yeah. Emphatically answering the question, is Texas back? <laughs> no. No. Not even no, but a hard no. Hard no. I mean, it was a close game. They won 34-29. But, yeah, I mean, is and it two, just – Two years in a row taking down a preseason-ranked Texas team. Yeah, I didn't, actually, I forgot about that. That's a very good point. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think we'll ever stop hearing the questions of, is Texas back? I mean, I guess they're <laughs> going to have to make it back eventually. Right? <laughs> I mean, they got Tom Herman. They got the recruiting classes. It's, it's comical. So good for Maryland. Uh, a lot of emotion for Maryland. Obviously, we talked about oh, uh, yeah. Jordan McNair, their O-lineman that, that passed away in practice. They, uh, you know, they had banners and signs. I think they had something on their uniform for him. So, honestly, pretty cool to see them, see them come away with a win there. Um, good for that program. All right, Big Ten Bozo of the Week, and this one is one that's going to take more research going forward because I just didn't have time to look through everything. I'm going to give it to Shea Patterson, quarterback of your Michigan Wolverines. I'll and, that one. And let me say this. Notre Dame is a very good football team. If we went out this week and played the way that we did against Notre Dame, we probably would have lost two. Yes. So I can't clown on Michigan that much, but they lost, so I can. Yeah, but we didn't play Michigan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We played Appalachian State. Exactly. And this one's not Who so also much. beat Michigan 11 years ago. Right. So what did I say? It's now 12-27 and Michigan still sucks. Um, but I give it, I give my Bozo Award to, to Shea Patterson, quarterback. Not so much to him, but all to the fans that I heard that like he was the savior and he was finally going to be the reason that Michigan is great and Jim Harbaugh gets his titles. I mean, the guy didn't throw any touchdowns. He threw an interception. He lost a fumble and he was replaced at the end of the game by uh, Dylan McCaffrey. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's little brother, who's a quarterback in Michigan. <laughs> and I mean, that's it's it's probably a smart move when you're losing to take your starter out and put your backup in. I want it's a game like this, 24-17. Like, if your starter is your starter, why are you taking him out of yeah. the game? 
only down by seven. Yeah. I mean, unless I missed it and he got hurt, which is possible. I didn't read all of it. Um, but yeah, he just, he didn't look good from what I saw. And, and again, this is more on the Michigan fans uh, than anything. I just, I like making fun of you. You're, you're fucking bozo. Nerds. You're a bozo. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll have some funny awards pretty much every week. We'll, we'll get a little bit more creative. Um, bear with us. This is week one. Uh, but that's about it. So we go to Pitt next week. Um, midweek, you want to do a little preview? Yeah. Um, I, I, think, I think we show up this week and I think we get the big win. I, yeah. think, I think we trash them. I, I really, really hope so. Um, and again, this is sort of an in-state, quote-unquote, rivalry. We'll do a full full preview later this week. We'll give you guys 20 minutes or so on it. Um, but yeah, this is going to be the, the game that shows us what does our team really look like? Are we ready? One stupid note, they are not letting people tailgate until 5 p.m. I know. For an 8 o'clock kickoff. What the fuck, Pitt? Nerds. <laughs> Nerds. Um, but that is it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, scary, scary week one. But again, we come away. want to know. Moving on to Pitt. Uh, if you like what you hear, please, you know, rate, subscribe, listen, all that stuff that podcast hosts. Still got a say. chance to move up in the rankings, though, with numbers nine and six going down. Very true. Yeah. I didn't think we would, but I could see us coming in at number nine. Here's what I'll say. I don't think we drop. I think at the very worst, we stay at 10. Yeah, probably. Which I'm okay with. Like, And, and I mean, Washington loses a close one. Miami went down like a girl on prom night. <laughs> <laughs> Great reference. They went bad. Yeah, really bad. Uh, I also won on that game. I took LSU money line and the over parlay. Very nice win. Thank you, Coach O. Go Tigers. Uh, that's my Coach O impression. I love him. He's the best. But yeah, that's that's our episode. Uh, like I said, check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, anywhere you can find podcasts, and look us up on Twitter, Instagram. Both are at No Name All Game. Pat, any last words for fans? Shit on pit. <laughs> Shit on pit. We are. <laughs>